Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the Rested Life Conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. Winning strategies in times of uncertainty. We understand too well that we are living in the times whereby a lot of things are happening. People are losing their mind. This very particular pandemic has made a lot of people feel as if God is on public holiday. But I'm here tonight to make you understand that there are winning strategies that you can apply tonight. That by the time you look at the uncertainty, you look at the difficulties, you look at the fears, you look at the challenges you look at whatever that is currently happening in your space all of a sudden your eyes pop open and you begin to take charge over that very particular event that becomes your portion tonight in the name of jesus and we all know too well that in this month of september we have called this month our month of the christ manner whereby we are unveiling the person of jesus where we are trying every sunday and every thursday for us to be able to bring jesus to you so that you can see jesus in its simplicity so that you can see Jesus in its fullness so that you can see Jesus in the power and in the magnitude of who he is and when you understand who your Jesus is all of a sudden you will begin to be able to appropriate the fullness of who Jesus is on the inside of you not even in the church you can be able to apply Jesus in the marketplace apply Jesus in your finance apply Jesus in your career apply Jesus in your children because why the unveiling of Jesus makes us take hold of who we are. I will repeat it again. The unveiling of Jesus makes us take hold of who we are. And so tonight, I want you to get yourself ready because as the Lord leads and as the Lord goes, a lot of cases will be dropped tonight and I know too well that the grace of God that backs this commissioner, your case will be mentioned tonight and you will have your deliverance in the name of Jesus. But let's quickly get into the word of God this moment and let's hear what from the throne room of heaven, what does the Holy Spirit has for us tonight? For us to be able to take hold and to live the life that he wants us to live. One more time, the title of my message is titled, Winning Strategies in Times of Uncertainty. Oh, trust me, dearly beloved, a lot of people are going through stress. People are losing their mind. This is the antics of the devil for him to be able to cascade our mind so that we can be able to fall out of the plan and the will and the purpose of God. But when your understanding is open to know that there are winning strategies that have been given to you in your hand readily available, not something you need to be able to, not something you need to go and, and, and manipulate somewhere, but something you can sit down with yourself. If you genuinely want to operate all of God, you need to sit down with all of you to be able to pull this very particular mystery and i know that tonight as you open your heart to begin to take hold of the counsel of god i'll be coming out from my mouth and please and please i want you to understand this god actually has made a provision for rest for you he has made a provision for abundance for you he has made a provision of good health for you he has made a provision of good life he has made a provision of you enjoying everything 
even as your soul prospereth. Third John chapter 2, make us to understand. Third John 2, make us to understand that, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. I remember a few days ago when we all knew about this very particular guy, I don't want to mention his name, who currently now is the richest billionaire in the world. And I was saying to the Holy Spirit, I said, okay, how come, Holy Spirit, that we the church, we are not awakened to that very particular reality where we begin to push short narrative and the Holy Spirit said something to me that blessed my heart so well. It says um, the prosperity of the body of Christ lies in the principle of it. But this is the thing that is the caveat when it comes to the prosperity of the body of Christ. It is even as the soul prospers. Trust me, my dearly beloved, uncertainties and fears and anxiety can make you want to look for prosperity on the other side. But can you be guaranteed that the prosperity in which you are looking for, the promotion in which you are looking for, the, the advancing business in which you are looking for, the idea that you are believing God for in the things of your life, is it going to be as even as your soul prospereth or it is going to be at the expense of your soul? Because that is one thing I want us to understand tonight, that for us as the believer of Christ, Yes, the people might be scoring points of billion dollars in their bank account, but are you guaranteed that this account or this, this kind of wealth in which they amass, their soul is prospering? Trust me, God wants you to drive that expensive car. God wants you to live in that stained city. He wants you to be able to pull the possibility, but there is a caveat attached to it. He still wants your soul to find rest. He still wants your soul, for your soul not to deviate from the plan and the purpose of God, because why? The plan and the the purpose of God can only rest from your inner man, which is the spirit that resides that reside on your inside, who happens to be Christ. And until our understanding is enlightened to that very particular reality, uncertainty will come, beat us down, and yet we don't know that we have the weapon in our hand for us to be able to pull the reality of what God wants us to be able to pull tonight. And with this very particular thought, I want us to look at the test, this very particular moment. What are the tests? The test for this service tonight. Let's look at the book of John chapter 1 verse 12. John chapter 1 verse 12, the Bible says, he said, but as many as receive him, he said to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He said, for as many as received him, which means why? Everybody has the ability for them to come. It is for as many that received him. To them he gave power ability for you to be able to wrap the new possibility ability for you to be able in the place of your uncertainties in the place of your fears in the place of your anxiety in the place where you don't know what needs to happen he says but as many that has received him if you have received jesus as your lord and personal savior trust me the power of god is already resident on the inside of you you just need to be awakened to that reality and my message tonight will be bringing that very particular thought on how to appropriate the power of god in the place Place of our uncertainties in the place of our fears he said but as many that has received him to them he gave power to become the sons of God even to them that believes on his name and also we can look on another um, what's called another passage of the scripture in the book of Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6 to verse 7 the Bible says here it says don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing 
oh, I don't know who needs to hear this. He said, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each, I mean, throughout each day. Offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every day of your life. Then God wondrous peace that transcend human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Verse 8 here, he says, he says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasting your thought on every gracious work of God, praising him always. What is it saying here? That you should fix your mind on just one thing, which is the thing of God. The thing of God. He says in verse 6, don't be pulled in different directions or worry about a thing. I don't know who you are tonight. You have been worrying about everything and anything that comes along your way. You worry about everything and all of a sudden, to the point that your name is also worry. When people look at you, they don't even want to associate with you because why? All of your face, you look like worrisome. I want to let you know tonight um, that the grace of God tonight will break that spirit of worry in your life in the name of Jesus. I want to say something to you tonight um, that God has actually marked possibilities for you to be able to come out from every oppression of the devil, from every, um, what you call, deceit and every strategies, every weapons and every devices that he's trying to bring around your space. Because why? He knows too well that when your eyes is enlightened, I'm talking about the devil, the devil knows too well that when you are to the consciousness that because you have received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, the ability for you to come out from the place of uncertainty, the chances are high and you carry the grace to do so. And so with this being said, this momentum, we can also see in the book of Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, it says, And Abraham believed God and was counted for him for righteousness. The reason why I bring this very particular text, this moment, one of the things we can see with all the scripture is the fact that one thing here is that all this time, these people were going through uncertainties. One of the persons in which I want to bring on the table this moment, his name is called Abraham. Abraham at a particular point in his life looks as if all hell has broken loose. He was a guy that carries the covenant of God upon his life. But yet, he was buffeted with some certain circumstances where we all know too well that Abraham could not have a son. He could not have a child. Uncertain difficulties and burden hit on him. All of a sudden, Abraham got to a particular point that the only thing that he could take hold of in the place of his uncertainty was the fact that he had to believe God. I don't know who you are tonight. As we begin to dig deep into the word of God and I begin to show you what to do. What are the winning strategies? I pray that your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened and you will take hold of those things and you will run with it to engage, to take all that belongs to you in the name of Jesus. What are the things that we need to do? Abraham got that very particular understanding. We get to see with some certain things in life that just because you are a believer doesn't mean that you will not go through uncertain things. That the devil will not show up. The devil will show up. Let me say it one more time. Just because you are a believer does not mean that the devil will not show up. The devil will definitely show up. The devil knows too well that because you are marked for Christ, all of a sudden he knows if, I, if he can allow you to operate in the fullness of what you carry on the inside, you will be able to unseat him. And before you know what is going on, the devil will now be under your feet. But because of that reality that the devil knows of the species you carry on the inside, he is bringing different kind of uncertainty, different kind of fear 
Yes, different kinds of worry, different kinds of tribulation. Because why? He understands too well that he has missed the mark. And so based on the fact that he has missed the throne, he would do everything possible to make sure that the battle for your life, to take hold of what you want to get and to see eternal life, that does not become a reality. I keep saying this, that the battle of the devil is the fact that he wants your soul to perish in hell. See, trust me, the devil does not drive car. The devil does not live in a house. The devil does not have a mansion that is particular of. All the devil is looking for is how to sit in your soul and to take your soul out. We can see that in the book of John 10.10. 10. He says, beloved, I wish above, I mean, John 10.10. 10. He says, the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come. He said, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. When he was talking about the life, he was talking about the eternal life and having eternal life and also to be able to enjoy life on earth here more abundantly. But one thing of the devil we can see, he wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your soul. He wants to kill you. And if he succeeds in doing that very particular top two, he is now taking you straight to the pit of hell where you will be destroyed totally. And so based on this very particular reality, most times in serving God, we suddenly don't know what, they, we suddenly don't know anything that we need to do. Why? Because we are at a particular point in our life where we are wondering, I don't know about you, but I have sat before in my days of growing up in the things of God. I'm like, but God, if I'm serving you, why will I be going through one, two, and three? Until my understanding enlightened to know that, no, that everything that I will ever need has been given to me. All the possibility and all the miracles, all the grace that I will ever need, they are currently available at my disposal. The devil is only bringing these uncertainties, bringing all the fears, bringing all these troubles, just to make sure that I do not appropriate what God has made available for me. I don't know who you are tonight. Maybe you've been going through troubles and stress. I want to say this tonight to make you understand that the devil is not after the fact that you are losing your cars. The devil is not after the fact that you are losing your house. The devil is not after the fact that, um, if it is not even after the fact that your, your child is misbehaving the devil is after the fact that he wants your soul to destroy in hell because why he knows that if he can take away your joy in the things of god he has succeeded in killing you i once said to a particular friend of mine we, we, we were just having a counseling session i said to them i said see don't be carried away the devil can also give you prosperity just to make sure that you are not in line of the things of god he can do that. Mind you, this guy understands the power of this earth and the sentiment and the biases that operate here. And so he can bless you away from God's plan of your life. If the devil knows how to bless you away from God's plan of your life, your business is to understand the antics and the strategy of the devil and to say to the devil, you boy, I refuse for me to be able to. I refuse the uncertainties, the fears, the tribulation to shift me from my position. Because one thing I need to understand, the devil does not, one more time, does not look for the clothes you are wearing. This is just a material. The devil is looking for the soul that is being fed, that you are currently now being fed upon. One of the things in which I said here is the fact that just because you are going through stuff does not mean that you have lost your faith. Just because things, just because the, the, the hell has decided to pack or probably to land in your airport of your life does not mean that your faith is losing. No, your faith is not losing. Your faith is still intact. Ability for you to awaken to the fullness of what had been given to you through the faith of God that is sitting on your inside to route new possibility. The troubles and challenges you are going through, my dear sisters and brothers, I don't know who you are currently. That trouble that you feel as if this thing that I've just done or this thing that is coming currently now, is it the fact that my faith is failing? 
No, 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 no. Your faith is not failing. The devil is making you to believe that your faith is failing. Because if he can force your belief to believe what he is saying concerning you, he knows too well that the moment you accept his own provision for your life, your faith will begin to fall down. For the fact that you have bumped into this very particular message tonight, I want to say this to you, that your faith is still standing strong. Oh, your faith is still standing strong. I want you to put your hand upon your chest and say, my faith is still standing strong. My faith is still standing strong. And until you get to the point where you know that even believers, we all face troubles. We all go through challenges. We all go through the difficulties of life. But one thing that we are guaranteed is the fact that Jesus has given us the victory. Jesus has paid the price on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago that the fullness, the redemptive package, I call it the redemption package that has been put together, I now have the capacity for me to be able to route new possibilities because of the redemption package I carry on the inside of me. Now let's look at the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let's quickly go there. James chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 8. James chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 8. Winning strategies in times of uncertainty. Winning strategies in times of uncertainty. The Bible says in James chapter 1, from verse 2 to verse 8, the Bible says, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing these, that the trying of your faith worketh patient. He said, But let patient have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. He says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth all that giveth to all men liberally, or breadeth not, and it shall be given to him. I'll read verse 5 again. He said, if any one of you lack wisdom, wisdom in how to come out of the uncertainties, there is a grace available here. He said, if any one of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, which means no favoritism. Everybody gets their own share according to your demand he says and upbraided not and it shall be given to you he said but let him ask in faith not wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of a sea driving with the wings and toast he said for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the lord and verse 8 which is my final verse for this moment he says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways i repeat it one more time a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways what is that promises that the lord has said to you in this very particular year god has said to you that this year is your most amazing year ever all of a sudden things happen and you shift the bible says here a double minded man your mind supposed to be fixed on the promises that has been made available to you a double minded man is unstable is on in, in, in all his ways what are the things i want you to understand that uncertainty brings uncertainty brings and strengthens your faith and also produces things that you never knew that you have the possibility for you to route i remember one time i was sitting with my wife and i was saying to her babe there are some certain challenges, trust me, not even challenges from our own side. Challenges from everywhere that is coming left, right and center. And one of the things in which I said to her, I said, babe, this one is strengthening us. All of a sudden, our ability for us to go back and to see what is on the inside of us and how we can pull these very particular narratives. All of a sudden, when we grow to a particular level in the works and the things of God, those very particular things dies automatically. I remember one God servant said it. He says, your faith is not to move God. 
Your faith is to move you to the dimensions of where God operates. Your faith is not to move God. God is not stuck. He can't be moved. And so based on that very particular reality, when you are waking to the faith of God on the inside of you, it takes you to the dimensions of where God, where the blessings and where his provisions are already made available. So your faith needs to come alive to the place of where God is. God is seated far above principalities. He is seated far above powers. He is seated far above wickedness in high places. And that's where your faith needs to be operating from. When your faith gets to that level, trust me, all the uncertainty in your life, they begin to quench one after the other. And also we can see in the book of Romans chapter 8, from verse 2 to verse 12. This is, this is what we call the mind shift tossing. And so we are doing a lot of reading because why? we want you to understand some certain things. That when you can get hold of the mysteries that is available in this, all of a sudden, every fears, trouble, anxiety, worries, and the things that make you look like a failure, you become a master on those very particular things. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, from verse 2 to verse 12. Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, it says, For the law of the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. He said, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of, I mean, God sending his own son in the likeness of the sinful flesh for, sorry, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. He said, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. Do you see how this very particular thing is actually cascading our mind? For they that are mind, that for those who their mind is after the flesh, what are the flesh? You are thinking that this is your end. The flesh will make you feel as if, this flesh you are seeing, it will make you feel as if this, you have come to the end of yourself. That that these circumstances, this uncertainty, these biases that is currently happening, that this thing will make you come to the end. He says, verse 5, he says, for they that are after the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh. If you are worried about losing the car, I'm so sorry, my dear sisters and brothers, you are still after the flesh. If you are worried, because what? when your understanding gets to the point that this is just a car, that my soul is better off, if I can pull another one on the inside of me, I can get 10 cars. Because why? You are now, your your eyes have opened to understand that the battle for your life is not about the car it is about the soul now let's look what verse 6 says it says for to be carnally minded is dead but to be spiritually minded is life and peace he said because the carnal minded is enmity against god for it is subject to the law of god neither indeed can be he says so then that they are in the flesh so that they that are in the flesh cannot please god which means if you are operating from the place of flesh you cannot please god now let's look what verse 9 says he said but ye are not in the flesh but ye are in the spirit now, this part now, he is now talking to the believer. He's talking to you and to me. We who are the believers of God. He said, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He said, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11 here says, he said, but if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in your body, he that raises up Christ from the dead also, I mean, shall also quicken your mortal body by the spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not of the flesh, but to live after the flesh. What is he saying to us on this very particular scripture? 
He's saying to us that because of the grace of God on the inside of us, the species of Christ that is already on the inside of us, we do not walk after the carnal-minded and our fleshly desire. We walk with the things of God knowing to him that in for us to be able to win the uncertainties and the fears and the challenges and stuff, we have to be awakened to the spirit because it is the spirit that controls the physical. It is the spirit that drives this very particular edge where we are correcting. It is the spirit of God, the spirit that resides on the inside of you that will be able to rewrite some certain narratives. Our operation in this time of uncertainty can only be done by the things of the spirit and not by the flesh. One of the things in which I put here, four things which I want you to see, that if you operate on these very particular four things, you are currently operating on the flesh. Number one, if you are operating in the place of fear, you are currently operating in the place of flesh. And can I shock you, you carry the spirit of God on your inside. How come the spirit of God is on your inside, but yet you are still trying to treat fear? Two cannot be, the Bible says light and darkness cannot be in one room. One had to give way. And one thing about God is the fact that God is not a God that forces people. He does not force people. I remember I was having a time, this very particular moment, I think in the morning, and I was speaking to a particular lady, hopefully she's listening to this very particular moment, and I said to her, you mistakenly called my number because God knows that your time for redemption has finally come. Then when we were talking, I said to her, I said, this is one thing I want to let you know, my dear sister, God is not begging for you to come. He wants to give you his blessing. He is not looking for you to come so that he is appealing or pleading to say, no, if you don't come, it will make me more less of a God. No, seven billion people on planet Earth, God is having the best time. It is, he has the fullness of everything. It is at your advantage for you to come to the Father. And before we know what was going on, thank God for God and thank God for his mercy. She gave her life to Christ and now currently now operating in the family of God. What am I trying to say to you? That when you operate in the place of fear, the Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, it says, for we do not have the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is not operating on a believer. A believer do not operate from the position of fear. He said, but operate from the position of love power and of a sound mind we do not have the spirit of fear if you are currently operating with fear what is that thing that has hit you currently that all of a sudden you have lost your mind thinking that amen is this the end of my life stop that fear the holy spirit says you tell you stop that fear stop the fear stop the fear stop the fear stop the fear the fear is just a traded currency there are two currencies that operate in the spirit. One of the currencies is called the spirit of fear. The other spirit currency is called the spirit of faith. Dependent on what you are trading with will determine your transactions and your happenings on this very particular realm where we are now called the earth. Are you trading in fear or you are trading in faith? Dependent on the currency you are using. Trust me, when it comes to the things of God, God does not understand the currency of fear. He only understands the currency of faith. And that same grace right now. I don't know who you are. You are currently now buffeted by the things of the devil to the point that your fear has grown so big where your faith cannot even be found. I release the grace right now for your faith to come alive in the name of Jesus. Your faith come alive. What else again do you don't need to operate on? You don't need to operate in doubt. You do not need to operate in doubt. We can see that in the book of James chapter 1 from verse 5 to verse 8. Doubt. Don't, a double-minded man is unstable. Do not operate in doubt. Just because the light went off yesterday does not mean that the light will not come back again this morning. They said to you that you will fail and so what you tell them that I know too well that the Christ in me will provide for me another thing. You do not trade in doubt. You are not moved by anything anybody is saying as long as it's not in line with the word of God. Your business is not there for you to partake. I remember I posted on my Facebook a few days ago. I can't even remember. I think it was a few days ago probably today. I can't even remember. And I said another very particular post. 
I said, just because it was said or just because it was written, if it's not in line with God's promise concerning your life, you have no business collecting that very particular promise to become your reality. The promise of God, the yeah and amen. Everything about him is positive, is good, is great, is kind, is glorious, is wonderful, is powerful. Anything that is trading doubt, fear, unbelief, and all those things, if it's not written in the Bible, you've not located it in the scripture, you have no business operating in that very particular thing. I know the uncertainties are there. I know you are wondering, my rentals have not been paid this very particular month. Can I shock you? I know a God who can come at the 11th hour.com to be able to pull some certain mystery. Because when your mind is rested in him, those that are trusting in the Lord... He said he will renew the strength. He said they will mount up with wings and eagle. They will run and not be weary. For they shall walk and not faint. Because why? You have awakened to the fullness of who you are. And also another thing also. You cannot be operating in worries and anxiety. We can find that in the book of Proverbs chapter 12 verse 25. Worrying and anxiety do nothing to you. Rather, they make you look wrinkled. They reduces the beauty that God has given you. All of a sudden, your face is sagging. People look at you. They are wondering, are you Saddam Hussein? Because you are getting, your face is so annoyed to the point that even annoyance has given hope on you. Because why? You are operating in the place of worrying and anxiety. Even, I think, or I think if I'm not mistaken, Medicals have also discovered that when it takes, it takes about seven cells in your body for you to just smile, but it takes almost more than 40 cells in your body for you to be angry. Why do you want to kill yourself from just worry and anxiety? Do you notice that when it comes to anxiety, things that does not even happen yet, you're already paying a price for a crime that has not even, you've not even committed. Why? Calm down. We can also see that in the book of Philippians chapter 4, from verse 6 and to verse 7, it said, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. No matter what happened, be anxious for nothing. Stay strong. Stay faithful. Then also, what else again do you need to understand as we begin to look what are the winning strategy for us to be able to take hold of what God has for us? What else again you need to see? In the book of Psalm chapter 37 verse 35, you cannot be operating as a beggar. When the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see the reality of this, I approached the throne of grace like the king in which I am. I do not go to meet my father to go and be begging because I know that from the position of my father, every good thing that pertains to life and to godliness, it has been given to me. We can see that in the book of Psalm chapter 37. Let me quickly read that scripture for you so that you can begin to understand as we begin to look at some of the points and some of the winning strategy that we have that is already available at our disposal. Ah, begging life. Psalm chapter 37, verse 25. The Bible says, You say, I have I say, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I have not seen him, the righteous forsaken. The psalmist here was making us to understand that in his days of getting to work with God, he has never seen the righteous. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? If you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which means your case is like is the one that is mentioned in the book of Revelation chapter 5, where he says that you are a king and a priest and you shall reign on earth. Have you ever seen a king begging? If a king cannot beg, you cannot beg. The possibility for you to live in the fullness of who you are, commanding possibilities from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, to respond to the brightness of your rising, that grace is already on the inside of you. So if you are operating on this four place, then you know that you are operating on the flesh. One, I mentioned, if you are operating in fear, 
You are operating on the flesh from the, from position of, from the position of flesh. Number two, if you are operating from the place of doubt, you are operating from the position of flesh. If you are operating with worry and anxiety, where all of a sudden the day break, you are, you are already, in fact, it's not even 6 a.m. You are already looking chorus and worn out as if you are already back to 6 p.m. again. Why? Because you are worried. You are, anxiety has clouded your mind to the point that you cannot even see anything good anymore concerning your life. And also, if you are operating for the position where you come to your father and you are coming like a beggar, then you are operating from the flesh. Question I put here, what must I do in terms of uncertainty? Uncertainty always comes to every one of us. We all always, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, there is no temptation such as is taking you. He said, but this is common. The temptation in which that you are going through, the uncertainty, the fears, the worries, the anxiety, whatever, it is common to man. But this is the thing that is very interesting in that scripture. He said, God is faithful. He will not allow you to go through a particular thing that will kill you. But in the place of that very particular temptation, the anxiety, the uncertainty, do you notice something? I like that scripture so well. He said, there is a way out. There is a way out in that very particular place. The reason why you are not finding a way out, it is because you have allowed fear, worry, anxiety, doubt, and you don't understand your position in God. And all of a sudden, you are now coming for something that belongs to you. You are begging the devil to give you your own very particular right. Like what happened in the Garden of Eden. You're, the thing that is already yours, you are negotiating with the devil. We can see with the life of Jesus. When Jesus got to the place where uncertainty decided to come and meet him, the Bible says, and the devil took him to the top of the mountain. But there are some mysteries in which Jesus put on the table, in which that will be my point number one. What are the things that we need to be awakened to? What are the winning strategy that has been made available to us for us to be able to take hold of what God has given to us? Point number one. The word of God. Oh, Prata. The word of God. We get to understand the book of John. He says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The word of God. You see, as much as this very particular thing is very simple, I was saying to somebody a few days ago, I said, the reason why the body of Christ, we are not currently operating in the fullness of who we are is because of the simplicity of the word. All of a sudden, we are not taking, we are not seeing the tangibility of what the word carry. The word of God carries power. The word of God carried the fullness. See, let me say this to you, please and please. The word of God that you are currently listening to now, you are listening to Jesus you are not listening to Darlington. You are listening to Jesus. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. Which means before the beginning of everything happened. In the beginning was the word. The word has always been from the beginning. The reason why you are not operating in the fullness of who you are. It is because you have not awakened your consciousness. To make you see that this word carries power. That this word is the person of Jesus. Until your understanding is enlightened to know that the word that you are currently hearing, the word that you bump in the scripture, that this is the word of the son of God, that this word is Jesus itself. I know you say you are hearing it from Pastor Darlington. Oh yes, you are hearing it from Pastor Darlington. But the truth of it is the fact that you are hearing Jesus. One of the things in which I put here is the fact that the Bible says in the book of Psalm 119 verse 11, we are Mr. 119. Verse 11, let's quickly go there so that we can then begin to see. It's a simple scripture, but I want you to see it yourself so that you can then understand what are the possibilities that you need to begin to awaken yourself into. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 11, the Bible says here, He said, Thy word have I hid in my heart. 
that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart. The only thing that will make you master of the circumstances of your life is the word of God you have on the inside of you. Concerning that situation, do you have a word concerning that? You are seeing your circumstances, what's it called? Your certainties, the circumstances, the tribulation, the pain. Have you located something regarding that very particular word for your life? One of the things which I put here, I said the word of God in your mouth is the person of Jesus. The word of God carries the full potency, the power, the totality of who God is wrapped in his son comes through the word. That's what the word of God is. You are the one that looks at that very particular scripture that says, Beloved, I wish above all things. And to you, you are looking at it. Is it not just a writing that is on the Bible? That is the word of the father. The word of the Father. If in the beginning the word was what was used to create the whole universe and everything and its sustainability power currently, that uncertainty is that you are currently going through. That's fear. That I mean, that fear, that the stop. The word of God has the power to change that narrative. Do you understand that your father, God, when he was creating the universe, the Bible says um, that when he looked at the earth, that the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Lord said, the Lord said, the word came out. Wow. Let there be light. And there was light. Immediately, the word carries a creative power to change every narrative. If the word can see darkness and can still put light, imagine what the word can do in your life when you are waking to the possibility of what is happening on the inside of you. The word is the life of God. It's the whole totality of who God is. The word of God. One of the things in which I put here, I said the word of God is the only thing that can give us our mastering on earth. The word of God. See, can I say something to you today, please? I want you to understand something. God does not go around carrying shambok trying to look for somebody to punish or to kill. No. God only communicates to his children through the word. If it is written in the scripture, it is available for your taking. Ah, I will repeat it again. I feel like somebody needs to hear this very particular statement. If it is written, if the word of God is written in your Bible as a promise concerning your life, it is available for your taking. Your business is to go and take what is already written via the inspired word of God put together called the Bible. The word of God. Let's look at Psalm 98 verse 24. Psalm 98 verse 24. The Bible says, um, it says, My covenant will I not break, nor utter the things that I have done. That have gone out of my lips. My covenant will I not break. Which is God is saying that to you, you look like words. I mean, it just looks like a flimsy stuff, communication that comes out. But for me as God, it is a covenant that I cannot change. It's a covenant where my integrity and the fullness of who I am is already inside. What are the winning strategies for us to be able to come out of every circumstances that we find ourselves? Number one, the word of God. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. I want you to say it one more time. And if you can tweet it and send it to me currently right now, you will really bless me. Just say it. The word of God. The word of God carry powers to reform your life. You might be sitting there and you're wondering, currently my business is not working. My ministry is not going too well. My finance is not coming together. Or my marriage is being attacked. Whatever the thing is, there is a word for that very particular situation. The word of God carries the power to change everything that you are currently, I mean, that is currently happening in your life. The word of God. When I, I remember when we went to the Star Platform Church and the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, my son, Talentine, I said, yes, sir. He said, do you think that my call for you is based on your capacity or is based on the word that I have spoken to you? And I said, no, God is based on the word. He said, then engage. 
And trust me, in the place where people are closing down their own, their own ministry or whatsoever, all of a sudden we were born out. And I gratefully say that without apology to anybody, that Platform Church was born in the place where things were supposed to be dying. And so because we could not die in COVID-19, I decree over your life, anything that is currently combating and fighting your destiny, fighting the word of God in your life, I bring that word to down in the name of Jesus. I decree every voices of the devil that is saying to you that the word that you already have on the inside of you will not amount to anything based on your faith. I mean, based on your fear, your doubt, your anxiety. I break such yoke and I break such covenant of your life in the name of Jesus. The word of God. The word of God carried the potency and the power to rewrite some certain narratives in your life. The word of God. And also we get to understand that the word of God is the covenant of God. Jesus understand him. And that is why we can see that when he was engaging the devil in the book of Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 11. Jesus understand that he is the word. And he was able to locate the word from the word. Jesus was the word of God. But yet he was able to locate the word from the word of God. One of the things we can like about Jesus is the fact that as much as he knows too well that I am God, but yet I am man with flesh. Let me come and show my people to understand that yes, as to be a man in flesh, there are some certain secret, trade secrets that if you can take hold of, you'll be able to command happenings in life. All of a sudden, Jesus, who was the word, when the devil came to meet him and to buffet him and to bring some certain temptation around his life, all the things Jesus was saying in the book of Matthew chapter 4, for it is written, for it is written, for it is written. The only reason why Jesus could confess that for it is written, it is because Jesus have taken time to discover what the word of God says concerning every circumstances that come along this line. No wonder, can I shock you? No wonder when he was at the top of the mountain, being buffeted or probably being attacked by the devil, he had no time for him to go carry the Bible and to read. Because why? He has taken time to know what the word of God says concerning that circumstances. In times of uncertainty, until you locate what is written, nothing gets written off in your life. Until you locate what is written, you have to locate what is written. There is always something that has been made available, a provision that has been made available for you. Until you locate what is written, nothing gets written in your life. What is it concerning that very particular business? Have you taken the time to locate what is written? Or you just know, you see, this is the thing for me here that I've discovered in my few days being working with God is the fact that we are so much informed about the things of the Bible or about the things of God to the point that our revelational knowledge of who that very particular information is, we are not operating from that realm. And that is where my struggle and my challenges is at the moment. We all know about Jesus. Yes, he's the son of the most high God. Holy Spirit, yes, is one of the Trinity. God, of course, is the Father. But do you understand the revelation behind that very particular Trinity? Do you understand the power that backs that? It is in your understanding that you take delivery of what belongs to you. The understanding of who you are, the understanding behind the revelation, behind that very particular word. We live in a generation whereby we are filled with a lot of information. You ask anybody about anything, they are quick to tell you. But when you ask them about the power backing that very particular thing, we then go quiet. I pray tonight that as we begin to engage the word of God, that your eyes will be open to see what belongs to you in the name of Jesus. That every forces that is giving you information, but not embarking it with the power of revelation, that that forces will be destroyed off your neck in the name of Jesus. The word of God. 
And last thing again, I want you to understand that when it comes to the word of God, how to make this very particular word of God works. Because there is always a way to make the word of God work for you in the times of uncertainty. There is always what to do. You see, one of the things in which I know too well that I've been able to see is the fact that when God wants to route his miracle on this earth, can I shock you? God needs your participation. God is not a God that will want to leave you in Timbuktu while he's routing a miracle for you in Cape Town. It is not possible. He wants to do something for you in Timbuktu. Your participation for that very particular thing had to be on the table. And that is where I want your understanding to be awakened tonight. That my own part for me to be able to take the fullness of who God is and to route new possibilities in the place of uncertainties, to be able to remove some certain narratives that men will look at me and wonder, how did you do this? The word of God carried that grace. What else again do you need to understand? Like I said here, yeah, how to make the word of God work for you. Number one, you have to believe in the word. You have to believe in the word. You have to believe in the word. See, I know that, yes, you tell me that you understand that um, the Bible says that thief commit not to steal but to kill and to destroy, but I've come that. Do you have, you, have you settled down to settle it in your heart that I believe this word regardless of anything, that I am not going to be shaken, that the devil can come and do anything? I am not going to be moved. Do you believe, like the Bible says, he took our infirmities. The chastisement of us was laid upon him and by the stripes of Jesus, we, we were healed. It was a past tense. Do you believe that very particular word? Or it is just an information that is sitting on your, on your head as just a default mode or you have settled it down in your subconscious mind to understand that, ah, that I believe this very particular word. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, let's look at that, our text on that very particular place. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, koto jarakata. you have to believe the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. The Bible says here. He said for unto us the gospel preached. As well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Not mixed with faith in them that had it. It was not mixed in faith in them that had it. Because why? They did not believe in it. Yes the word of God was preached. Like you are currently hearing me. The possibility for you to do all God wants you to do. In the place of uncertainty. That grace has been given to you. But do you believe the word of God? Or is just like, ah, powerful Pastor Darlington. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And case closed. Do you literally believe the word of God? Can you put your life and stake your life on top of it? And to say, regardless of it all, I stand by the word of God. There are currently now, there are some certain faith, myself and my wife, that we are standing. We are saying, regardless of it all, we will stay. God is the one that will make this thing happen for us. And we are not negotiating or trying to compromise on our stand. Because why? We know too well the word works. Do you believe on the word? Let's also look at the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 45. Luke 1 verse 45. The Bible says here, it says, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is he that believed. Do you believe? Do you know that your believing actually has a blessing attached to it? He said, blessed is he that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which are told of her. I am saying currently that you are blessed. Do you believe on that? I am saying currently that your marriage will not go down. Do you believe on that? I am saying currently now that your health comes back alive. I am saying right now that every handwriting of the devil consigning your destiny, it has been wiped out in the name of Jesus. Do you believe on that? If you believe in it, the Bible says here in Luke chapter 1 verse 45, he said there shall be a performance of that very particular thing until we get to the point whereby we know that profits can only be derived from the word of faith. 
You want to get profit from the things of God? You need to be able to believe the word of faith. If it has been spoken, you stake your life on it. If it has been said, you are not moving. Jesus was not negotiating the fact that if he's going to raise, raise up on the third day, he believed the word. He knows too well that on the third day, like my Nigerian will say, by a faith, by a call, I will come out of the grave. Which means whether the devil like it or not, whether life like it or not, I will come out. What was the reality there? Jesus understand. He understood that as far as the word has been spoken, I will come out of the grave. I may be going to the cross, but I know that I will resurrect on the authority. My life may be looking as if it's a pain and a shambok, but I know too well that by the time you come and you see me, you will see the fullness of God's glory. Do you believe in the word? In believing the word, it is not according to your knowledge. It is according to your faith. Arakosha. I feel like saying this one. In believing the word of God, it is not according to your knowledge. And that is what is killing us. We want to be able to understand the process and the how. The nitty-gritty of the word. See, the Bible says, thou shalt be blessed. How the blessing will come is none of your business. You need to stake your life on it. In believing the word of God, it is not according to your knowledge. Your human understanding cannot comprehend how this very particular mystery will be happening. But when you stick your faith attached to it, according to your faith, you shall take hold. Luke chapter 1 verse 45 makes us to understand that it is in your believing that you will get the performance. But if there is no believing, there is no performance. I pray tonight that for your faith to come alive, to believe everything that God and the promise available to you, I pray right now that that faith be reawakened in the name of Jesus. Believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. We can also see the book of Isaiah chapter 7, chapter 7 verse 9. He said, if you will believe, surely you shall be established. If you will believe, your establishment is tied to your believing. You want to be established in the uncertain times? I mean, in the troubled times, in the place where things are not working out for your good? It is in your belief that you shall be established. It is not in the prayer. See, I have seen, oh, labroho toto. I have seen poor prayer warriors. We can pray our life out, but yet the believing that backs that prayer. You will see us, we will go to church, pray, bind the devil from phobias and stuff. From the gates when service ends, man of God, I'll probably, brother, sister, how are you doing? Ish, man, times are tough. But yet, you've just finished praying. You've just finished commanding the devil to live your life. You've just finished commanding the things of this world to be able to pack out of your life. But yet, right in church, they just finished surely goodness and mercy. You cannot believe anymore. You pray to the point that all of a sudden you are taking panado for the headache of you shaking your head right at the door. Do you believe what you've prayed? Ish, Mara, you see, we just have to just pray, eh? We just have to pray. My dear sisters and brothers tonight, believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. Until your faith in the word has risen to your heart, your miracle is not in your hand. Until your faith in the word of God has risen, whereby you can then begin to see it in your hand. There are some certain things currently now that I'm doing with myself and, with myself and my wife. Whereby we profess, we confess, profess and declare some certain things. We even name the reality of what we want to see. Because for us, the thing is a reality. So because of that, we are not bothered because we know it is going to happen. We have staked our life in there. Can we find you also staking your life on that very particular thing? Or you are just moving around? What did I say here? Believe the word of God. What else again do you need to understand when it comes to the issue of the word of God? Yeah. Engage the word of God. Indirectly, do the word of God. You have to engage it. If you, have, if you believe the word of God, you have to engage the word of God. Mind you, I'm giving you point under point one, which is the point one, which is the word of God. I'm giving you the second point now, which is second point here now says, 
engage the word of God. As a believer, for your desire manifestation to be in view, God requires something from you. At the wedding of Canaan and Galilee, do you notice what happened there? The Bible makes us to understand that when Jesus' mother came to meet Jesus, and he said to the son, son, the wine here has finished. Oh, Laro, do I hear in my spirit. Currently now you are listening to me. It looks as if you have tried everything in your life. This one I can hear in your business. The wine that needs to sustain your business to work, because of the uncertainty that has happened, your business is currently dry, like the wine finished. Your business currently now, the wine, the juice, the element that makes your business, the, for like, I'm hearing in my spirit currently now, the, 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 the selling point angle or the, the angle of your advantage you are using, all of a sudden it has finished. The Lord asked me to say to you tonight that he is pouring new wine into your soul. He is pouring a new wine into that business. A new wine, a new wine, a new freshness is coming. And so please believe that word. What else again do we see with that very particular story? The Bible says when Jesus met the disciple, I mean when Jesus met that very particular guys who were currently at the kitchen there, he, and, and the mother said to the, the disciples, he said, whatever he says, do it. Do you know there is nothing the woman said to you? Say, whatever he said to you, do it. It is in the doing you take hold of what belongs to you. You have to engage in the doing. We can definitely see that very particular story in the book of John chapter 2 verse 5. He said, whatsoever he said to you, do it. Are you going to do what God wants you to do? Or you are going to sit there. God asks you to take a leap of faith for you to go and see that very particular person. And tell the person that you need to be employed in this company. It's a leap of faith. Take it. Do it. Whatsoever he said to you, do it. Are you going to do the principle and precept of what God wants you to do? Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Your business is to do that part by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing that you are looking for will be added unto you. But you need to seek God first. Seek God his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. Seek everything that concerns him. Seek what matters to him. It is what matters to God that should matter to you. Then when anything matters to you, now becomes a matter in the hand of God. I'll repeat it again. What matters to God should matter to you. And when anything matters to you, will not matter to God. Your understanding of who you are to engage in the things that matters to God. You are well available and the information and the revelation to engage is readily available for you. I put here says, doing whatever the word says appear foolish. But where, that is where the miracle is. It appears very foolishly, but you have to engage it. It looks as if this, it does not make sense. Your prophet or your pastor said to you, stand up by faith and go to office. And all of a sudden you're looking like, ah, pastor, you know, I know that the Bible says that by his stripes I am healed. He said, let the weak say I'm strong. But stand up, engage, you go. Because why? You are now operating on a dimension where you know that I have to believe this, even though if I'm not seeing it. Your miracle is tied to your engaging in the word of God. What is again you want you to understand? In the story of Naaman, two stories here. The story of Naaman. The Bible says when, when, when Naaman went to see that very particular prophet, and the prophet said to him, he said, go and dip yourself in the river, which is in the book of 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 12. Go and dip yourself in the river. The guy, the guy, the guy wanted to create his own excuse. Don't you know? Ah, ah, thank God for the guy who was around. Say, ah, if he has asked you to do what is beyond this, won't you do it? Just go and do it. The thing currently now that is holding you from that uncertainties that you are currently going through is the ability for you to do what the Lord has said you should do. He has already gave you the information, but ability for you to do, you are currently now shaking out. Do it. Do it. We also see the video of Zarephath. 
in the book of second king chapter 17 we can see that when the woman the prophet came to meet the woman i said to her he said give me something to eat and stuff the woman looked at it do you know that the woman has every right to look at the prophet you prophet you are wicked you i told you this is the last food i have you are asking me to give you really but the woman understand that if the prophet has said it i will do it and she went ahead and did what the prophet said the bible makes us to understand in that very particular scripture her food did not run dry her children i mean her son all of a sudden they were able to live life because why she engaged in the doing part what is a game must you do when it comes to the things of the word of god you need to pay attention to the word of god you see i tell people i said attention is very expensive it has to be paid into attention is not cheap it is expensive to pay attention in this time where you have all kinds of media giving you all kinds of narrative to pay attention is very hard but you, for your taking and your dominion, for you to be able to have the rested life and to make the rested life a reality, you need to pay attention to the things of God. We can see that in the book of Psalm 35, verse 4. Let me quickly read that very particular scripture. Psalm 34, sorry, verse 5. Psalm chapter 34, verse 5. You need to pay attention to the things of God. Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 5. The Bible says... Um, they look unto him and were enlightened, and their face were not ashamed. They look unto God and were enlightened. They focus on God. One of the things I remember when I went to the top of the mountain, when I was seeking God's face concerning his commission, and God said to me, my son Darlington, he said, as I send you to this very particular thing, do not look for men. He said, for I will bring them part-time, part-season. I stayed focused. I look unto him because why? He is the author and the finisher. If he says, Darlington, stop now, I will stop. If he says, my son, Darlington, your time of platform is over. To God bear the glory back because why? My heart is for the passion of God and to do his will. And if he says his will is for me to leave and to go to Timbuktu, so be it. Because why? My face, my heart is locked down on the things of God. I have looked into him to the point that nothing can make me moved. Look into the things of God. Look into the things of God. We can also see the book of Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 20 to verse 22. Take your time for you to read that very particular place. There is power in paying attention. Looking into the word of God, you open the Bible, you look what has been written for you. You are not, you are not looking at the media. You are not looking at what ENCA, CNN, BBC is saying. You are looking at the word. What is this thing saying concerning my life? What is this thing saying concerning the uncertainties I'm currently facing? What is this thing saying concerning the fear? Why is my family all of a sudden things are just losing one after the other? What is this? You pay attention into the word of God. Because why? You understand that as you look into him, the Bible says uh, their face were enlightened and they were not ashamed. You look into the word of God. The point number one which I mentioned, you have to believe the word of God. Point number two, you have to engage. Point number three, you need to look into it. You need to look into it. I said here, I said God word. If God word can have your attention, do not allow any distraction to come to, to, come to you. God's word, you take hold of God's word. Your attention on the God, word of God is so strong to the point that you are not bothered about CNN. You are not bothered about what the company is saying because why? You know that your provision and your security, your part in God, he is committed to make your life a mark on earth. One of the things in which I have discovered that he has called us sons and daughters. Do you notice that for you who has a child, no matter what your child do, you as a parent, you are still committed to provide for that. 
But as long as your child is in your home and they've not left, you still have the capacity for you to provide, to protect, to secure. Imagine your father, God. Why wouldn't he not take care of you? Are you going to look at your father, God, or you are going to look at your circumstances? Are you going to look at the things in which God has made available through the scripture? Or you are going to pack out your life simply because you are saying, I'm tired. Ish, Baba, you don't understand. Look into the things of God. What else again do I say here? You need to store and meditate on the word of God. I know that the, the, the currently now, the, thing, the things are hard. At the moment in South Africa, for those who are currently listening outside of the country, we are in stage two. All of a sudden, you are wondering, man, damn it. People are getting back to their job, but for your own case, you are wondering. Nothing looks as if it's going to work out for you. Meditate on the word of God. Store the word of God on the inside of you. Store it. I said, yeah, I say, what you store is what is available for your taking. It is what you have stored on the inside of you. What have you stored on your inside? Are you storing fear or you are storing faith? Are you storing the word of God or you are storing the word of CNN, BBC and what your company is saying? Store the word of God on the inside of you. And as you store, meditate. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 22 from verse 31 to verse 32. It makes us to understand that your heart, as you meditate upon those very particular things, that's when you begin to get the reality of your takings. You store the word of God on your inside. I know that it looks as if these very particular words in which I'm saying to you tonight, and you are wondering, you are saying, man of God, I, I, need, I need things to do. The things you need to do is what I am saying now to do. There is no strategy for you to compel the supernatural to happen for you in stage two. In South African pandemic, what's called lockdown, you need to engage the word. You need to store the word on your inside. Ability to meditate. Do you notice the devil is busy shifting men from the position because of the fact that they do not have the word stored on their inside. The devil is busy shifting men. The devil is busy rewriting narratives, trying to change your position. But when you understand and you know, you'll be like Jesus, for it is written. For it is written. For it is written. Jesus stored the word on his inside. Remember that our month of September is our month of unveiling the Christ man. Jesus stored the word on his inside. No wonder when the devil comes with his attack and stuff, he was able to pull out what he has been able to store on the inside of him. And we can see that because of what was on his inside, he was able to rewrite the narratives and change the things that is currently happening in his life. Family, the days of uncertainty that are currently hitting us, the reason why we are currently failing it is because our faith is small. We've allowed the words to come and bombard our mind to the point that we don't even have grace to even store and meditate on the things of God. I want to say this this very particular moment. Believers, our food is the word of God. The only thing that God has given us as a food is the word of God. There is nothing God will want to do without you engaging the word. The word is all you need to engage, to be able to rewrite the new narratives in your life. I'll repeat it again. The word is what you need to engage, to be able to rewrite new narratives. My dear, when it comes to the word of God, like I said to you, on the A1, you need to believe the word. On the B part, you also need to engage the word. Number C part, you need to look into the word. Look into it. Oh, I feel like saying, look into the word of God. And also, you need to store and meditate. Because I know for you, you are streaming, you are saying, no, but I don't have any problem. I'm not praying problem comes. But what if it arises? Remember, we are on earth. This verb, we have three factors that determine the happening that is currently happening. One, we have a devil who has no loyalty. Two, we live in a broken world. Three, we just have people and a system that does not even favor the believers. And if you are a believer, you need to constantly store up the word of God on your inside. What else again do you need to understand? The Bible says uh, that we should meditate. 
It is in our meditation that we are able to pull out some certain narratives. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. He said, let the word of Christ dwells in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwells in you richly. And also we can find that also in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 2. He says, continuous learning, stirring, and also by meditating of the word of God. Continuous, you continue in your learning. You continue in your meditating. You continue in the place for you storing. It's a continuous work. You do not stop. Just because you are in pandemic currently now or because things are not working out for your good, then you have shifted your place. No, go back. There is a provision. There is an escape route for you on that very particular thing. What else again do you need to begin to do as I begin to bring my thoughts to a close tonight? Is the fact that you declare your victory. Which means here, like we call it, you enforce your rested life reality. When you have finished, when you believe the word of God, as you believe the word of God, you engage the word of God, which means ability for you to, 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 to engage it left, right, and center. After you engage, you look into it. You focus into it and begin to make the reality. As you begin to look, all of a sudden, it begins to store on the inside of you and your meditation is now like Christ. And all of a sudden, you are seeing yourself as Christ. All of a sudden, boom, you now begin to enforce. For it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth. So for this reality, I decree over my business comfort. He says, kings shall come to the brightness of my rising. I decree right now as I stand up, kings begin to come. Do you notice that when you begin to bring that, you are bringing scripture. The reason why sometimes we struggle as the body of Christ is because we pray and we pray and miss. The only right way to pray, I, I say it for me, this is how I make, this is how God is doing miracles, signs and wonders around my space. I look at what is written and force that reality in my inner man and confesses by decreeing that to become a manifestation. Because why? It is what had been written, the provision that has been made available through the, through the word of God. I locate it, then I route that thing to come to pass in my life through prayers. Prayers is a communication. You talk with the Father. The Father responds to you. I remember this morning, the Holy Spirit said to me, my son, I've asked you to do one, two, and three. Engage now. All of a sudden, I quickly, boom, boom, I engage. Thank God for that very particular thing. I give God the glory. And all of a sudden, what would have cost us pain currently now in platform? When the Holy Spirit now said to me, he said, my son, Darlington, don't be afraid. Do one, two, and three. For for this that you have done, it has engaged and life has been restored. Then I got a good news. It blesses me because why? I understand how to route the possibility. I have located it in the scripture that none shall die in platform church. I enforce that very particular reality. You may stand in front of a trailer. You may have a broken bone. But as far as you are still submitted under this commission, you cannot die. It is a victory. It is a command. It is an appeal that I have been able to sit and I locate from the scripture. And so I am not afraid. When I hear people tell me they are sick and stuff, it's okay. You cannot die. Those who knows me knows that I say it without apology. You cannot die. Forget death. You can think of any other thing. But as far as death is concerned, I am too young to bury anybody. Because what am I saying? When you locate what is written, you enforce that very particular you begin to declare your victory. In the word, I put it here. I say prayer becomes sweet when you engage it from a revelational point and not just from an information. Prayer becomes sweet when you go and pray because you have located what is written in the Bible. You go and pray, you pray, you confess your reality. Because you now understand that none shall be buried in the land. You stand up and you say, I decree over my body that anything that looks as if wants to cause barrenness, I command you out. Because why? You know that too well none shall be buried in the land. 
just go there. You, 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 you live life. When people are saying that it's accident, you understand. He said, thousand shall fall by my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. He said, but none shall come near my dwelling. I decree this day. Every attack of the devil that wants to come my dwelling, I enforce what you have been able to store on the inside of you and you can be able to pull it out. My dear sisters and brothers, these are some of the winning strategies in times of uncertainty. You enforce your victory. The Bible says here, it says, pray always in line with the promises made available. In book of 1st John chapter 4 from verse 14 to verse 15. 1st John 4, 14, 15. You can see that, I mean, 1st John chapter 5 from verse 14 and 15. You can see that it is what you enforce. It is what you confess. It is the decree you make that you take available of. The reason why sometimes we're not seeing some certain things happen in our life is because your words of prayer, your promises to declare them to come to your life. The angels are looking for your word and they can't find it. Do you know that your word is a direction? Your word is an address for the angels to bring your blessing to you. But if you do not understand how to make your angels bring your blessing to you, you will continually pray round about the circle without you getting into the center of the happenings or where the happens happens. I remember I said, your faith does not move God. Your faith only moves you to the realm where God is. When you get to that very particular level, you begin to route new possibility. What is again, as I begin to bring this very particular thing to a close, we've talked about it. The point number two, be led by the Spirit. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 4, it says, for those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. You see this very particular uncertainty in which we are currently? There is a lot of people that are still led and they are still making big time. I have heard some dangerous testimony. And these are not even pastors because you'll be like, okay, no, you're a pastor. And so because of that, you're hearing pastoral testimony. No, these are normal members. Where the Lord said to them, do this. He said, those who are led by the they are the sons of God. Are you led in the things? Are you being, or you are led by your own feelings and emotions? You have to be led by the Spirit. You have to be led by the Spirit. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. You need to understand the book of John chapter 16 verse 13. He said, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He said he will not speak of himself. Whatsoever that he hears, that will he speak. But can you be able to awaken your spirit man to the reality that as the father speaks, you are at actually in line for you to hear because yes the father is busy speaking sometimes we are busy not hearing god the holy spirit is telling us do not do this all of a sudden no you know this will calm down let me do it instead of us to pray bible says commit your ways into me for i will direct your path we go on the path call the holy spirit to meet us on the road there and that is what we are doing i pray tonight that as you eye your eyes begin to open to these mysteries of the kingdom that the Holy Spirit will begin to direct you where to go in the name of Jesus. I decree that every veil that has covered you, that veil is wiped off and is removed from your eyes in the name of Jesus. Final point tonight. What do we need to do? As I bring this to a close, be bold to engage. Be bold to engage. The book says, the Bible says the book of Mark chapter 11 from verse 15 to 20. I like that very particular scripture so well. The scripture blessed me. Be bold to engage. Let me even just quickly read that very particular thing because I want you to see something there. Ah, Mark chapter 11. Winning strategies in times of uncertainty. Winning strategies. Mark chapter 11 from verse 15. The Bible says, I think, uh, yeah, Mark chapter 11 from verse 15. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the time I'm looking for. 
the bible says here it says and they came to jerusalem and jesus went into the temple and begin to cast out them that sold bought in the temple and overthrow i mean overthrew the tables of the money changer and um, the seat and, and um, sorry on the money changers and the seat of them that sold dove he says here he say and will not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple and he thought saying it is not written my house shall be called i mean my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer but ye have made it the den of thieves. What is he saying here? We can see Jesus engage. Jesus was bold to be able to clean all the narratives and the stuff that is happening in that very particular place. He knows too well that the house of God will be the house of prayer. And he engaged to remove the thieves that are currently in that very particular place. Are you willing to engage tonight? Joshua chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 10. The Bible says, he said to Joshua, he says, be, he said, be thou bold and be very courageous. He said, this very particular thing that Moses has added over to you. He said, for I know too well that you are afraid and everything. He said, be bold. Be very courageous. Engage. And we can see in verse 10 of that Joshua chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 10. The Bible says, and Joshua stood up and he calls the army. Joshua was willing to engage. He went in. It is in you engaging in these very particular times of uncertainty. That is when you begin to command mastering of the effect of your life. I want to say this to you tonight. David knew too well in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 that if I do not engage in this very particular thing that I know of, the devil will beat me and beat my family. He engaged by commanding the Goliath, commanding the devil that is troubling his nation. He was willing to engage. Are you going to engage tonight? Or you are going to sit down and just watch and just say, no, pastor, I want you to be the one to pray for me. I want you to do it. See, let me say this and let me say it well. Pastors pray for you, but we also need you to pray for yourself. The Bible says two shall come together, they shall agree. And we shall touch a thing and it shall be established. If I am praying for you to be healed and you are sleeping at home, how do you think that will happen? Even I know some of you are like, yeah, but Jesus prayed for blind Bartimaeus and stuff. Do you notice the blind Bartimaeus, he shouted, thou son of David. He prayed his own way and Jesus says, yes, I hear your prayer. Now receive thy sight. Your path needs to be for you to command an attention where the heavens stand still. To make sure that your voice is recognized. And whatever you are putting on the table is being released. And also we can see that Isaac in the book of Genesis chapter 26 verse 12. He engaged. The Bible says that in that very particular story. That there was a famine in the land. And God said sow in that land. And the Bible says and Isaac sowed in that same land. And yet he reaped a lot of harvest. He was willing to engage. My dear brothers and sisters. The simplicity of the working of God is what makes men not to engage just because the thing is too simple we have when i was when the holy spirit was helping me with this he said tell my people that my power is in the simplicity of the word of god my power is in the simplicity of the word of god my power is in the simplicity of the word of god are you willing to engage tonight i want you to be on your feet this moment and begin to pray your way into some certain reality. And begin to push tonight. And begin to drive. I don't know what is that pain. You have heard me say it tonight. That the word of God carries the answer. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.